Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in this world. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm C. Uniman, Chief uh, Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room is Joanna Bai. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. So, I was just standing, Joanna. Joanna is, has the longest intro of, of anyone we've ever <laughs> You're done. You're very, you, you cut people's intro very short, though, I Andrew, do usually, as a general, as a general. <laughs> <laughs> quite aggressively, yeah. um, But it was very difficult here. So, Joanna is the founder and CEO of the multi-award winning inclusion executive search business and EDI consultancy Blue Moon but there's so much more she also holds a non-exec director <laughs> role for CIC investors in people a trustee for the Lord Mayor's Appeal board director for the Media Society school governor for the Mulberry Academy in Shoreditch and Hatcham College and trustee for the Haberdasher Asks Federation so uh, a, a great CV and um, y- you. Uh, you know a great and interesting career because you started with journalism. Yeah, yeah I did. So what what made you go from um, journalism to uh, an award-winning creative industry diverse talent recruitment business? Well, um, it wasn't as um, abrupt maybe as it kind of sounds actually because I started off as a journalist, so doing work as when I was sixteen because I had a really interest in. Well, my fascination really started off with Michael Parkinson. I used to oh, watch really? him. <laughs> I used to watch him. You don't, my you don't seem old enough. To I know. Just I a baby. was obsessed with him, um, with Michael Farkinson on Fridays. Um, I used to sit with my mum on the sofa, my auntie, and he was I, the best chat show host. He right? was. I thought he was brilliant. King of chat show hosts. Although well, you rewatch some of it now, and, and it's, it's like so cringy. Yeah, but it in is those actually. Days, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look back now, I don't know if. If all the lines of questioning were that entirely mm, fair, mm, um, mm. but it I was think the it, Helen Mirren moment, yeah. right? Mm. And also mm. over that, yeah. And the Meg Ryan, mm. Meg Ryan was awkward okay, to watch. We'll, 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 we'll cross over that one. But um, I thought he was a good journalist, yeah, and I'm, yeah. and also it, it it encouraged me or it made me get a bit excited about journalism because um, he was talking to people that I found really inspiring. So they were they were actors that were incredible actors or sports stars that were incredible sports yes, stars it wasn't yeah. kind of like the celebrity we have no. now it was a lot more kind of yeah. hard-earned it was celebrity it, yeah, it do you know what I mean like hard at the top yeah, of their game kind it of really yeah, had to right, have yeah. been Earned amazing yeah, yeah like uh, something and so that was the and I grew up in this council estate in southwest London and so watching that on Fridays used to make me think of all these other options it was almost like having someone like a role model come in each week and talk about their jobs at school if you like but this was my little outlook of getting it and it used to make me dream a bit bigger Um, and I actually met Michael Parkinson oh yeah Uh, I interviewed him and then I went to an audience with him at the Palladium and when I interviewed him I told him that and he didn't seem any it's almost like he didn't believe that that he could have had that impact on me. I don't know if he mm. maybe had an idea of who his audience was or his he listeners was at that time. He was pleased. Yeah. But I, I think bet. he just didn't really hadn't I don't think he thought, wow, yeah. like yeah. you would be influenced by this <laughs> kind of thing. Did it change how you saw him though? Like meeting your heroes, he became human. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Really it, it did. It only did in that he just seemed more normal. Right. It seemed more achievable mm. yeah. to to do it. And he yeah, he just seemed like a normal down-to-earth hard-working journalist that came out of the days of having like a bit of a curious nose yeah. and it being more of a trade as opposed yeah. to an elite which I'm sure it probably was at that time but when you meet him now it didn't feel yeah. that way yeah. um and so yeah so he was the one that kind of got me interested in it but again he didn't look like me did he and um he didn't sound like me and so um he wasn't the person that made me think I could necessarily do it but he did 
his conversations allowed me to get to know other people mm. and be inspired by what they had done. And a lot of it came down to hard work. That was something they just kept mm. saying. Mm. A lot of their anecdotal mm. stories spoke mm. about people kind of coming from mm. um, really humble beginnings and working really, really mm. hard. Whether it was Bet Midler talking about that or whether it was Muhammad Ali, they're mm. all kind of just sharing that. And that was the bit that I found quite inspiring. And um, so after spending some time obsessing over him, I started <laughs> sixth form and I was really, for my age, I don't know why, but I was, I was really advanced in terms of like what I was thinking about mm. how I was going to get the future I wanted for myself because we were such a poor family mm. in terms of income that I knew that education was going to be my only sort of way mm. out. So when I started my A-levels, I was quite intense and I went over to the careers advisor on the first day and sort of said, how do I complement this learning mm. with work experience because I want to go off to university and that had always been drilled into us as kids from my parents mm. that it wasn't an option mm. I would be going to university all of us would be going to university um had they gone to university m- only my dad, dad and been. because they were both from so my dad's from West Africa Ghana yeah. my mum is from Windsor but grew up in a really low-income yeah. part of Windsor um her mind was if we get them through education we've given them something we don't have money but we've we've given them something to start with and my dad was like my dad um went to school in ghana Mm. and that was paid for because his dad was in politics and could afford Mm. that but he knew the difference between not being able to afford school um and the level of quality of education you'd get if you didn't have that and the fact that it was free here he was like by no means should you take that for granted that's a huge tool for your social yeah. mobility and also he just liked learning so it would have mm. bothered him I think if he had mm. children that didn't want to mm. engage with any kind of educational uh, learning so um so yeah I, I knew I had to do that but I thought well after my A-levels and the degree I need to get a job very quickly I'm not going to have a family that I can kind of mm. sit with and wait for something mm. to kind of happen mm. so that's what started this really because um I started looking for work experience and a couple of barriers came up so the first one was the careers advisor said you know who who would you like to do work experience with and at the time I said I love Michael Parkinson but I don't want to be famous mm. I don't want anyone to know me I don't have that kind of confidence um but I would like to write and so she said okay what about magazines and I couldn't afford any of the magazines mm. that I <laughs> that I was reading I was li- literally like taking them out the doctor's surgery mm. and things like that mm. and if I ever did get a pound it would go on a magazine mm. that was my thing there was sacks and sacks and sacks of these magazines um and so my my then question was well how am I going to get the addresses so I had to sit on the floor in this this, this news agent and mm. write all the addresses down yeah. of these magazines then go back in with this notepad of addresses and then it was asking for work experience then the next challenge was getting all these rejections which is fine we know that in the creative industries you have to have the resilience for that but um when i finally got a yes which was from now magazine um it was on half term week Mm. because i was from a low-income home i used to get educational maintenance allowance that stopped on half term which meant i didn't have the money to get to the work experience so the next barrier then was i've finally done all of this i'm not going to be able to get there so then i just decided to walk to work experience at the time they were in stamford street in waterloo so i walked from Patmore Estate, which is in sort of in the middle of Vauxhall and Battersea, all the way down to Waterloo for a week. And then I got there. Which is how long that like? About 40, 50 minutes. 40, 50 um, and then, <coughs> and then, um, on, and then when I got there, I, of course, it was, just, I'm 16 years old and it's that typical scene, isn't it? Yeah. Someone comes in for work experience, no one really pays them any <laughs> attention or speaks yeah. to them. No one knows what to and do no with them. And no one knows what to do with them. And so um, the lady was really nice, actually. And she sort of said, oh, 
hi, I'm your sort of person and here's some things that you can do. And I remember thinking, there's no way they're going to remember me. Mm-hmm. I could just tell mm-hmm. I was a part of mm-hmm. one week in and there'll be yeah, another one yeah, and then there'll yeah. be another one. And so I used a few things actually from my background to try and make an impression there, which were, I noticed that a sack of new um, of posts used to come in every day. And so to get everyone to notice me, I just decided I'd put the post on each table mm-hmm. so they'd have to say hello. Yeah. That was my way of yeah. mm. saying, I'm here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ignore me. Please notice that I care and I want to do yeah. something. Then that didn't work. And then, <laughs> so then um, but when my mum and dad, they had quite a, uh, a tough marriage. And, and sometimes when there'd been a fallout, my mum would just kind of go up to her room. And so I used to offer her like a cup of tea to try and make things better. And I was like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer them a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did offer them the cup of tea and then that worked and, and the reason they went oh my god a cup of tea I love it yeah. and then all of a sudden they sort of noticed me yeah. and the only reason why I tell those stories is I didn't have anything other yeah. than my experiences at home but I, st- I just used them to yeah. get yeah. them to notice me so that, that's just one of the messages I yeah. would give to anyone is you don't have to worry about being someone else you can kind of use what you do have and what you do know yeah. um, and that broke the ice and eventually they gave me lots of activities to do and I came back and did loads of work experience but the thing I noticed was there was no one from a low income home there. And you might go, how do you know that? Well, all the work experience that were kind of in the fashion cupboard doing bits, when I spoke to them, you know, and I got to know them, they were kind of staying in hotels that their parents were able to afford and um, they were getting, like they had budgets to get there, their mm-hmm. parents were paying yeah, for all of that yeah. stuff. So it's I'm not saying world. that they were, inc- I'm not no. saying they're incredibly privileged, but yeah. they had a privilege that I didn't, yeah. if, that, if yeah. that makes yeah. sense. And I just thought, from the school I went to, the sixth form I was at, do any of us even know? Yeah. Like it almost felt yeah. like we were another yeah. society. I know yeah. that sounds terrible, yeah, yeah. but it did feel a bit like in our sixth form. I was like, I wonder if anyone even knows that we can go and like do this. And then mm. when we do it, how do how do we fit in? Mm. Because nobody else feels poor like mm. you or from mm. that kind of background. Such an important point. Mm. There's just there's no expectation or knowledge of how to do anything. Mm-hmm. And it, it, mm. it and the, and the, the point about having money to go travel that. You don't. People in that position don't know that it's, it's a problem. A, yeah, no, a, a, a privilege. It's really true. It, it is expected. No, agreed. And mm. little things like now, when I look back, and this is not a slight on that magazine because I went on to work for them mm. as an adult, and they're brilliant. But like, no one asked why I'd never had lunch all week. Oh, no true. one sort of said, mm. "Are you okay? You're not hungry? Yeah. You're not going for your lunch?" Where did this come from? This I'm hearing a lot of resilience. Mm. I'm hearing a lot of thinking outside the box, go getting. Where, where does that come from? Because 16, you're. A sixteen-year-old girl—that—that's a time when you're at your most awkward. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you don't <laughs> yeah, know. know how, you have to be an adult, but you don't know how to be an yeah, adult. Yeah, yeah. And uh, where does that come from? Well, um, I be, I'm asked that quite a lot, and I—I th- I think in my so my parents, um, I could talk about this. Cause I did a program on it. So my dad is um, uh, an alcoholic, a drinker, and he has um, has always been. But as you can imagine, with alcoholism. And he's functioning in he works, worked his oh. whole life, and you know he's not that person that you might have a stereotypical image of when you think of someone who's an alcoholic, yeah. or the narrative we're shown of them. But um, he was unpredictable mm. because of that. So um, you grew up fast, really fast. Uh, yeah, right. That's really what. That's what you. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. really, really faster fast than than probably yeah. the average. And also, I realised that my mum was quite a timid person, mm. and I thought if she's finding this tough Mm. and he's finding it so tough he drinks all the time Mm. I don't have anyone to rely on Mm. Mm. Um, and that I'm very close to my parents so that is not a um, criticism of them at all Mm -hmm. they're like the most important people in my life but I realised soon uh, uh, very early 
that if I wanted to get anything, I was going to have to get it myself. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and, and actually, they responded really well to that because they have always met my ambition. Mm. It doesn't matter what they didn't have, they've always encouraged my ambition. So if I sort of said to my mum, I'm, I'm in top set at, at school for something, yeah. but I'm really struggling, there's these books, they're three pounds. That was a big ask for yeah. the three pounds yeah. for those books. Yeah. Her and daddy would find a way yeah. to get me those books. Yeah. They, never, they didn't ever want to be the reason when there's a girl with so much motivation yeah. to have stood in that way. So they just make lots and lots of sacrifices. So although they, it, it probably was hard for them to, um, with everything they were dealing they with, they had their own. Yeah, s- they they weren't trying to be in the way of my motivation, yeah. if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But we learnt really early on. Also, I've got to give credit to my siblings because my brother is uh, thirty-seven now, and he did really well in um, academically at the beginning of school. Then didn't do too well in school academically, but became a really, really brilliant sprinter and went on to represent Great Britain. Uh-huh. And so I saw I had a, a role model in the house that was where other like guys on the estate would kind of just be hanging around. Yeah. Timmy was always at training. Yeah. He had to change yeah. his diet. His so you're food talking was about to... grits. You're yeah. talking about proper yeah. Um, gritty kind yeah. of... So he had like... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, the, the, I mean, you'd always hear him like running up and down the um, yeah. corridor landing yeah. to get his starts right. And that, that yeah. you didn't really... He just, he just was a positive influence. Mm. He was working hard a lot at that. And then you turn on the telly and he wins a race and mm. you can see that that hard work yeah. resulted in that. So that was kind of a good thing. And my, I think I'm a combination of the two of them because my sister's now a primary school teacher mm. but has always been so emotionally intelligent, mm. concerned, considerate. Like I think if I had a child and they went to primary school, I would be really happy that she was teaching them because yeah. oh, as much as she wants lovely. them to do really well, yeah. she actually really cares about She's the well-being of children. Yeah. 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 So I think that they combined like I have to give credit to the fact yes I had some parents that were quite strict on education is going to be your tool Mm. but then I did have two role models that then kind of mirrored the type of behavior that I should probably so the journalism and then you're noticing that you're not I'm going to bring us back to the question you're noticing that you're kind of that there isn't a diverse mix where you're working Mm. and so and that's where it all started to it basically I then sort of did lots of work experience and 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 when I say lots, I mean every half term, every Easter, yeah. and I saw it wherever I yeah. went. So this wasn't just a now no, magazine no. problem. This was wherever yeah. I went. Um, and so um, in my second, first year of university, I was interviewing someone and he was at a different university and it was for a work experience placement mm-hmm. and he'd written a poem about young people elevating themselves. And as a result of that, we both really connected on, because I was trying to do the same thing. And so we decided, myself, him and six others to set up a charity called Elevation Networks Charitable Trust Um, and we were only 18 years old at this time and we were using our experiences Mm -hmm. literally first year of university I was at Reading others were at Imperial Brunel Mm. Roehampton Mm. um, Kingston it was a real mix Um, and what we decided to do was to come together and come up with some plans that would show businesses that they needed to level the talent the level the playing field for talent and that we were all sort of predicted two ones and firsts but were from really low-income homes Mm -hmm. and some of us were at universities where careers people just didn't go to the fair like those companies you might want to work for Mm. didn't even bother going to those (laughs) those campuses Um, and I got a lot of them coming to mine at Reading but um, I th- because it was a red brick, not not because yeah. Yeah. of anything else really. And so we thought actually we'd start, and this was at a time when if you didn't have a degree, it meant you didn't really have 
you weren't worthy of an entry level mm. role you know mm. it was all graduate schemes at that point so um we decided to start with graduates but start with the, the lower 20 universities and say look there's talent there mm. even if you started there you might diversify mm. you might certainly get access to people that have chosen to live to go locally yeah. because of their low income yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, or whatever it might be and so that resulted in over two years we placed about 600 people into work wow. based opportunities with like Barclays Capital wow. IBM Navarro just through so networking events mm. yeah. just through networking events careers days talent showcases year at university looking at the no do you know what it was it's funny because I was still doing what you would do at university. I didn't really go out much at university because yeah. I wasn't that happy there. Um, but I did my degree and I just did work experience yeah. every other day that I wasn't in, in a lecture and then spent time with Elevation Networks. And that kind of went over the two years. And then you start getting confidence and you start seeing people really doing well. And the more people I met that were like me trying yeah. motivated me to keep trying, yeah. Yeah. if you like. Um, and we all had this kind of grit, I reckon, that was just pushing us. And then uh, two years in, I was going to go off and do an MA, next barrier comes up, uh, and the reason I was going to do an MA is everyone I'd asked on work experience, how did you get your job, how did you, you know, yeah. finally get your job, they'd all done this MA yeah. mm. in uh, journalism at City or Cardiff, yeah. that seemed to be the top, and I thought, what is it with these schools, it seems, it seems it's to be like the Oxbridge. We were talking about this, yeah, and it's like a few schools, and it's expensive, <coughs> right? So expensive, it was like £9,000 at the time, and I remember going home and saying, to my dad I remember saying daddy you know there's this course yeah. everyone said that that's what I should be doing got to do it yeah. I've got to do yeah. it and he and I he was like okay what about scholarships what about yeah, bursaries yeah, let's yeah. see if we can find one because they had there was no way they had yeah. that fee for no. me um, puts the three pound book back, back into yeah. real perspective <laughs> do, do you know what I mean yeah, back yeah. into perspective and so um I then applied for bursaries which I got some from the BBC which was half of the fees and then you got a job for six months and then I got a career development loan to top up the rest cool. which I could then pay off and so then my first thing was I got there only low income student they're the only bursary student um, I was the only one with like a secret job at the time because otherwise I couldn't have actually got to classes because I needed yeah. the money to travel yeah. in um, so I just realised I, what it took to get to that school for me and some of my peers was an entirely different journey and that's where that equity piece came in I just yeah. kept thinking yeah. Like we're just not given the same things to compete in the same way, which no. is why you're seeing so many. And it also made sense that I hadn't seen any more sort of low-income kids on work experience because if they're all recruiting them from those universities, yeah. then there's no wonder they didn't get sure. in. They probably yeah. can't afford yeah. to get to it. Yeah. So then I um, set up my own organisation at that point on my own and kind of became a friend of Elevation Networks, which was Shine Media, yeah. and that was focused just on the creative industries. And that's really where it started. Mm. So I... It started off with me creating a course. Uh, so first thing I did was I looked at the syllabus that had cost £9,000 for me yes. to do and sort of said, why £9,000? Yeah. And so I went to all these people that had given me work experience. Cause by now, I'm probably in my second, third year of university. Um, and I said, you know, is there any way that you could help me to teach this sub these, mm. these modules? Of which they were like, absolutely. I said, it's, I can't pay you. I've got no money. Mm. Um, but what I am going to do is rent out a room mm -hmm. at the Camden Roundhouse and I'm going to use my BBC salary mm -hmm. to pay it down and then I'm going to go out to charities and try and find some talent mm -hmm. that would like mm -hmm. to get this but can't afford to do it normally mm -hmm. and we did that and I just worked really closely I just kept telling companies that I was doing it and as a result we had 25 students or 22 students because there was a number of chairs there were in the, in the lab um, and we found them all a job 
And that's when mm. I was like, oh, I'm on to something. If you yeah. link them, if you take away the price tag, we get more diversity. Yeah. And that, so mm. that's how that yeah. worked out. And then I decided to go back to all of the people that never got bursaries and sat on some of these accredited yeah. courses and say, okay, where are you? Mm. Like, well, what's happened? Yeah. And then I created, gave them mentors from the accrediting yeah. companies and said, well, you should be mentoring them because we, you made them go and pay to sit on a course that you said was the elite course. And then you didn't keep them which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and then that led to 150 people going into work. Now, before I knew it, I'm still working yeah. as a journalist, but just by using my barriers, um, as w- so that's why I would say, what do I know? So using my experiences yeah. to remove that challenge from another person's journey, we were placing loads of people into work. Um, and I was still working full time in Showbiz News. And this, everyone out there that's listening, is why we really wanted Joe on the podcast <laughs> because just how awesome is yeah, this? I'm almost tired. And it's does it amazing. does it make you? I wa- was so tired. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't it just make you wonder what you're doing with your spare time? Well, I'm, I'm just thinking because I think you're 32, 33. Yeah, right? 33. So, I think. I'm 33 in March. Yeah, I'm coming up. <laughs> I'm 33 next week, right? So yeah. we're, we're the same age, but it's the first time we've had someone on the show who's the same age as me, right? It's always been people who who's done so much and to have someone done so much at the same age as me is very inspiring also frankly quite intimidating oh don't be intimidated (laughs) you've probably done loads as well no 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 but I think it's a it's a very male thing to be intimidated by successful women right one of my best friends is someone who I absolutely could not stand she came in and she was similar to you like a force (laughs) of nature are you feeling feeling a coldness now no 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 no, no, I get it I think it's really brilliant that you'd even be that open to say it not many people admit when they feel it and that's that's what's brilliant yeah yeah Um, Diversity, right? It's, yes. it's, it's the hot topic at the moment, but mm-hmm. it, it's almost quite a woke thing, you know, everyone's yeah. talking about it. So what, what does it mean to you and what's stopping us from being diverse today? So diversity to me means difference. I couldn't be, like, I couldn't be clearer on that if I tried. Because <laughs> I really hate when the word, I shouldn't say hate because that's a strong word, but I really dislike when the word diversity is used to describe black or to describe Asian or to describe women or disabled people. Diverse means different. Yeah. And so all I'm trying to do in uh, when I talk about diversity is explain the way we're doing things now is not how we should have been doing things. Mm. It has served, um, it has created systematic inequalities mm. in a society that did not need to be there. Mm. And actually the changes that I'm making and have been making, you know, since early teens were not difficult changes to make. Um, and... So I would say when we talk about diversity, this isn't the white middle class male versus everybody else. This is all of us being made to feel that we all have something valuable to bring to any organization. Mm. And that's not fluff. That's not Mm. fluff, that's not romantic. Mm. That's not um, kind of so optimistic and positive. It's, It's just fact, it's fact. It was, you know, and hopefully in the story that I told earlier, it was, I didn't have anything other than what I knew from the house and, mm. and my experiences, yeah. but that turned into value. And the more we allow people to just bring what they know, we can start to see the value and also not not come into an organization and feel like they need to fit in. Yeah. And the reason I, I don't like that is there's people out there like you. Mm. Yeah. You represent another person out yeah. there or another community yeah. out there. Um, and the more you don't, um, you don't, show them that you exist mm. and you don't show the room that you exist the more we keep that room really mm. exclusive as opposed yeah. to inclusive mm. um so for me diversity is allowing everybody to come in 
and just be themselves and be valued for that. And that isn't, we're going to hire a black woman because we don't have many black women in the organisation. Mm. We're going to hire a brilliant person mm. who happens to be a black woman. Mm. We're going to hire an excellent person who happens to be a wheelchair user. Mm. It doesn't, I don't want this labelling thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. That t- the only time I think we should be thinking about those labels is when we're trying to level the playing field. So when we need to understand what is making it more difficult for a disabled person to apply for a job in our process? Mm. Are we eliminating yeah. them by certain elements of the way that we recruit? Um, when it comes to women, is there something that's in our processes that make it difficult for women to compete against men? Is there something in our processes that make it difficult mm. for Asian or black men or gay men to compete against and, and the white answer men. is is that most businesses are designed for a very small alpha masculine yeah. elite at the yeah, moment absolutely which loads of straight white men don't fit yeah and it's it's not like that's good for business no and it shouldn't be like lots of companies always changing. say we've got our strategy and then we've got our inclusion strategy yes. and i'm like no, no 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 that should be the strategy yeah if you did everything inclusively from the yeah. beginning with the employee life cycle, we wouldn't have all the disparities. Yeah, particularly um, in the industries that we work like in, creative. which is all about talking to normal people. Uh, yeah, right? and which being the voice of normal, like yeah. of the whatever yeah. normal yeah. is now. Yes. Do you know what I mean? No, it's being it's the voice of that. If you still yeah. think that creative directors are still, you know, straight white men, or <clears> it, it's <throat> extraordinary, actually, yeah. isn't it? Given the, given the, who we're who we're talking to out there. And, and probably every industry. Mm. Do you think you'll ever get to the point where you're going to be satisfied with what you've achieved? And um, Well, now that I work at leadership level... Because Andrew and I are exhausted. Well... But it's not like you can fix it and go, right, that's fixed no. now. That was the question, is what, yeah. what's the end point and how do you know when you've got there, right? Because it, you're doing well, so much. I think I'll know I'm at the end point when people get it and what I mean by get it is um, when I stop having conversations with people that say things like um, well where's diverse talent no no that's all talent yeah when it's not a thing <laughs> yeah when it's not normal yeah. to not have it yeah, yeah. Actually, that's when I think I'll go oh you get it now that you're just that you're not um, and I understand we do need some um, I don't know what the word is that they call it now is it um affirmative action yeah. where in order to get mm. some of these gaps mm. we do yeah. have to go out and be quite targeted and I get that but I think if we sort of and it maybe it is a romantic view but I think I'll know it's okay when hopefully kid, you know, girls and boys are going to school and their roles aren't th- th- their subjects aren't gender specific anymore yeah. so we're levelling out who can do what which they is want still a which massive is still a thing, problem massive thing um, when flexible working isn't this thing that's only considered for like a working mum, mum yeah. and no one else seems to want to flexibly work yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when they just start to see that actually that's not normal no yeah. just making things um, accessible to everyone yeah that's when I think I'll know you know when you when you when you when you speak to your disabled friend and they don't have people saying ignorant things to them like mm-hmm. you're so inspiring or how, yeah. how brave are you yeah because actually they're just a person that wants to get on with yeah. what their life like we all I saw do a social media post where it was someone was it was loving it because the, the first time they ever went into a restaurant and there was a braille menu yeah. and so their sister was could just read the menu yeah. for the first time in their life uh, yeah it just shouldn't be thought about yeah. it should just be there absolutely right? and when like my friend solomon he always says to me the amount of like goods lifts i've been in because yes. there are no accessible lifts so like it's horrific it? really mm. it's, uh, and it, it's horrific. It actually ought to be illegal it should be an accessibility issue mm. it yeah. should be illegal yeah. um so i think i'll know when it's um better when when that's being done and when people aren't like 
cheering loudly because there's a black person on the front of a magazine. Like, woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we've finally done it! Yeah. Kind of thing. It's like, why isn't that just normal? So, like, like, the next question was meant to be, where does your courage from? But we, we've talked a lot about it from your parents <laughs> mm. and things. So I'm going to change it. And I'm going to ask you something. Like, who looks after you, right? Because you're very good at doing stuff by yourself. You've, you've looked after yourself when your parents have been doing their other thing. Mm-hmm. Who looks after you? Like, looks after you? Mm, I think I have, like, my... Um, I'm not alone. Um, That's not what I was saying. <laughs> Just to be clear. Yeah. So I have to do a lot of work on me. Mm-hmm. So t- to be honest, like I think it starts with you, mm-hmm. like in how you look after yourself. And so I have to be mindful of what I eat because that can affect mm-hmm. my moods. I have to be, uh, and my tummy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to be mindful of what I surround myself with, who mm-hmm. I follow mm-hmm. on social media, mm-hmm. who I don't follow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Running helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. I take medication when mm-hmm. I need to. Mm-hmm. I talk to people, I read books, I have therapy, I speak mm. to a counsellor. I always say I take every single day as a new day mm-hmm. and I start it with gratitude and I end it with gratitude. Um, and, and by that I mean at the end of every day I say what I'm grateful for, what I learned mm. about myself, the positive things I experienced, so that I keep waking up with the hope as opposed to a hopelessness mm. to it because there was a time when I really struggled with my mental health yeah. and I just didn't want to get out of bed mm. and that was for a really and that, that can happen for me in my life in long stretches yeah. and um, so it's really important to me actually that I'm not con- constantly being my worst critic and really awful because the mm. things I'm, I say to myself I wouldn't say to people I don't even yeah. like yeah. it's true of so just, many people I wouldn't ever yeah. say some of the things I say to yeah. myself out loud to anybody yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and, and stay if, away from and them and if a good friend said them to you you'd go I can't be your friend anymore yeah. well <laughs> no I don't mean that I mean if a friend if no, <laughs> I meant if a friend said to you this oh, is where they, this yeah. is that they were going through that you'd go don't I be ridiculous yeah, the yeah, yeah, that they yeah, felt that yeah, way about them abs- yeah. themselves absolutely so we need to be kind to ourselves like def- we would to a friend definitely so I do a lot of gratitude and um uh, yes, yeah, so I do a lot of gratitude, um, and I've got this book it's in my bag at the moment, um, and I'm going to share these things. I might, they yeah. might be helpful for others, actually. I've got a book that says things I can't say out loud. Hmm. I carry it with me everywhere now, and in it, uh, it's the things I want to say that I just oh, can't you, say you out write loud. Them down. But I write them down because sometimes they need to come out, or they're just pent up emotion mm. that I don't know That's what to do idea, with. That's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, so it's pent up but you're not allowing yourself to say it? Out loud. Out loud. Yeah. yeah. But if I write it but down I've said it, it and I've got rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas... You don't want that to fall into the wrong hands though, do you? No. no. no it's always in my... <laughs> but the things I write uh, you don't but they're things like um, you know if you've been in a meeting especially yeah, with yeah. diversity and inclusion yeah. as you're if, you know you'll know how hard this is like it's an uphill battle all the time yeah. and sometimes I just want to say oh why don't yeah. you know like, yeah. but I'm not going to say that to a yeah. client but if I write in a book it just when you're going around doing this all by yourself yeah, every yeah. day and then you're dealing with other consultants that you're trying to keep motivated yeah. you don't want to keep saying I've had enough of this do you so no. you have to go somewhere sometimes you, know you need a moment mm. yeah. that's a really good idea and I have I can cards for depression and anxiety that I carry in my yeah. I can show you them I carry them in my bag so um, whenever I'm feeling down I just go through my I can and they say oh, should I show you should yeah, 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 yeah 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 so the um, they're really good. So the book I have is things I can't say out loud. Oh, it's funny. Print. It's it's yeah. it's not handwritten. It's printed. Things yeah. I can't say out loud. And then the I can cards are here. So like I carry these with me everywhere because I used to have panic attacks and anxiety attacks. 
and they really help me. I, ref I get them for anyone that says to me that they they're struggling. I go and send them these. So it's the things like, um, I can be sad. It doesn't mean I'm in the wrong. Um, I can learn not to blame myself for not being okay. Uh, depression is a part of me now, but it's not all of me. Mm. So sometimes if I'm just feeling what could I do? sad, mm. I just get them out because you don't always want to tell everyone, yeah. but you do need your own coping mechanism. Need a moment in the yeah. ladies, yeah, 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 to go and do that. And one I like here is I can choose not to believe everything I think, which mm. is what we were saying yeah, about yeah, the stuff yeah, we say yeah. to yeah. our Tell heads. So you've got a lovely blend of proactive yeah. dealing things yeah. and then also a, a system and mechanisms to help you deal with whatever comes up. Yeah. Fabulous. Right. What's next for you? Um, so I'm writing a book. Oh, good. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing a book at the moment, which I'm excited about. And it's basically a book that will help everyone, whatever, whoever they are yeah. in an organisation, to think about what they can do to help this agenda mm. rather than it being someone else's sort of responsibility um i'm uh when's that when's that out do you want to plug it a bit gonna be, no 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 um it won't be probably till 2021 okay i reckon um so that's the thing that i'm probably for that. Yeah, yeah come back and talk about it yeah, yeah. i'd yeah. love to so yeah writing a book at the moment and just running the business really we're at a mm. point where we're probably scaling a bit now so that's been interesting i hope to buy a house next year <coughs> and i hope to start a family soon brilliant yeah, so that's, that's, a, what's that's next. a lot of things. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, on to our regular question. Yeah. So, what is your favourite line from a poem, a song, or a book? Um, okay, so from a song, it's either Cassidy's Songbird, which yeah. I've got tattooed here, uh, yeah. and it's um, a line that says something like, um, For you, the sun will be shining. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like that is um, when I heard it, it reminded me of my childhood and it wasn't always positive. Mm. And so I've always said to myself that for my kids or anyone I get to know, the sun will be shining, it won't be, it won't be dark. Um, yes, yeah, so that's probably my line Stop for it. my song. Okay, if you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? <laughs> I liked this, yeah, I love this. this. I love this question. Um, my cat. A oh no, a cat. It's commonly available. So we have to just be so able to get one and be like, I need. Well, it will it'll have to be any. Oh, old cat. any cat. You no, know. You give me a species or a type of cat. Okay, so. a cat. A cat. A cat. Just any old cat. A cat. A tabby cat. Tabby cat. Tabby cat. Right, like good. Toby. We can get a tabby cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a tabby cat. A book. A good like self-help book. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. A crossword puzzle. Yeah. Okay. Like a book of crosswords. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely love a good crossword. And probably a nail technician. Oh, yeah. And Brilliant. a yep. hairstylist. <laughs> okay, fantastic. <laughs> That's excellent. That's the first <coughs> nail technician we've Definitely. had in there. But I, I, I am with you. We just, we're <laughs> yeah. discussing our nails earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. That's a, it's probably one yeah, of my, yeah, uh, yeah lesser, yeah, shallow, shallower points. But it's yeah. one of the but things it, I like. There's something very soothing, isn't there, <laughs> about, you know, it's they're, they're made beautiful again, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's like order out of chaos. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very good. Uh, so assuming that all living things are safe from your house, what three objects would you save? So this is specific. A, these yeah, are specific these objects. Are um, I think Nathan, my partner's saxophones. Okay. Um, my awards. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of the house at the moment. Um, my laptop. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, if you could change uh, industry in one way right now, what would it be? We're going to give you a magic wand. I'd take out the cliqueiness. Yeah. I'd make that disappear. Yeah. I think the cliqueiness in the creative industries makes us a industry full of insecure 
lacking self-esteem, yes, lacking confidence, full of challenges around mental yeah. health, and I would take that cliquey thing right out the window. Wish I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it and what would it say? I'd put it on... I just think of like the tallest buildings, like either the Shard yeah. or Big Ben. Yeah. Mm. And it would probably say, you are enough just as you are. Lovely. That's lovely. Uh, Gerardo, there's one question you cannot uh, prepare for. It's from this box, from the School of Life. Hey, uh, I love questions. the School of Life. Right, I thought those, those uh, the things you brought out were a bit School of Life-y. So if you could pick one, read it out and answer it to finish this off, please. Thank you. Do people envy you? Ah, there you go. That's strong. Uh, yeah. Don't think so. I can't imagine there's much to envy. To well, um, um, I, I think our listeners people, might yeah. disagree with that. Um, I don't think people envy me, but I think what people might envy about me isn't what you should envy. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So I think people see success on paper yeah. and think that's an enviable thing, but I don't think any amount of success on paper outweighs how you feel about yourself. And my biggest challenge has been how I feel about myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't think anyone should envy me until I've mastered that yeah. <laughs> And I'd love people to, like, to, if they were gonna envy anything, it'd be, she loves herself. I need to love myself a bit more. I'd like them to envy that as yeah. opposed to well, stuff we I'm not gonna take look, with me. Do you know what? We love you. Thank you. Can right, you thank guys you. answer one of those? What? Is that allowed? I, I, don't, I don't know why. Do you want to let you choose? Yeah, can I make one of you? Because oh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah, a good go idea. Go on. That's this really good. I want Do you know what? We've been through a box. We've yeah. been through over... A, we're nearly at 100 podcasts. Mm. I've wanted to answer one of these podcasts. These <laughs> podcasts. Do so it. Long. Answer one. It's really good. Go, go on. on. Go for it. Well, go Sue's for done two already. So I have okay. done two. Yeah. I, can, I don't want to do another one. So no, you're sorry now, aren't you? Well, what are your happiest memories of my parents? Oh, goodness. What a card. This is a pretty intense one. Um... I'm going to cry in a minute. Oh, um, I'm really sorry. Do you no, want to no, not no, answer? Do you wanna, no. Are you going to go? No, not you're at gonna all. Go? Um, do you know what? There's been a lot. I, I've I've been through these mem emotions and memories recently, and I've never... My mum suffered with depression all her life, and I've never seen her happier than when she was a grandparent. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's a happy memory. Yeah, yeah, seeing her with Zoe was, was amazing. And my dad the same as well, so... It was nice that I was able to make them happy. Yeah. Um, oh, that's lovely. That is happens. lovely. Oh, God, I better do one. Let's Incredible. hope it's light-hearted. Let's go. Let's hope it's Oh, okay. Describe an important teacher in your life outside school. Goodness. That's a good one. I, You know what? I, I have got an answer for this, but I know people are going to go, really? Is that really? But my, the answer is my daughters, because I learn from them every day. I have since they were born. They're now 24, 22 but I am still learning from them um, and their awesomeness in every way. So that's oh, my incredible. answer. What a lovely note to oh, end that's on. That's a lovely note yeah. to end on, isn't it? Joanna, thank you so much for your time. It's been fabulous. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I've loved talking to you. I'm sorry if I go on a bit. No, 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 no it's brilliant.